0: Welcome to the Media Maven's podcast. This is the podcast where you'll find the latest and greatest trends, topics, and tribulations with industry leaders. And now, here is your host, the CEO of Access Entertainment and the Media Excellence Awards, the original Media Maven herself. Sarah Miller.
1: Hi, this is Sarah Miller, CEO of Access Entertainment, and your host for Media Maven's podcast. I'm here with my co-host today, Michelle Koshman, COO of AMB Publicity. Hi, Michelle. Hi, Sarah. How are you doing? I'm good. It is so hot. It feels like summer. It's driving
2: me crazy. It's supposed warm. To be but you know what? I have just brewed some ice Moroccan mint green tea and I am sipping on it and life is good.
1: I just grew a bunch of mint. I don't have a tea garden. I have a mint garden. So I'm all about That's amazing. I know, right? A but mint this garden. This is I, what amazing. happens when you're in COVID. You find creative things to do. But OK, so it's 90 degrees here in L.A. It is super hot. We're drinking iced tea versus coffee. So I'm super excited to yeah. our guest today. is also here in LA. So I want to bring on Anthony Cavalbianco. He's the CEO and founder of Zen Tea Traders. And Anthony has been sourcing and blending artesian teas from around the world consulting. I want to say with tea people in general. Anthony, welcome to Meet & Maven's podcast.
0: Thank, Thank you me. so much for having me on. I'm very happy to be here.
1: I was going to say you're consulting in the tea garden, but I had to stop myself because I don't know if there is such thing as a tea garden, but I just like how it sounded. You know, Those be is The tea tea garden, best isn't? consultations ever <laughs> in a tea garden. <laughs> yes. It's better than a golf course. It's a tea garden. So we have flower gardens, we have tea gardens, I have a mint garden. So uh, we're excited to have you here, Anthony. It's a good day to have you on our podcast, given it's super hot out in October, but artesian teas like where everybody knows tea there's so much out there green tea versus black tea the antioxidants but you aren't producing teas you are a zen tea trader talk to us about what is a zen tea trader how you got into being a tea consultant
0: i sure will so my background originally was mortgage and, and in doing that Gosh, I, I worked for a large mortgage company in Detroit. And during my time there, I found myself really stressed out. So I just started gravitating more towards tea. I drank it when I was a kid with my grandmother. But as time went on, I was looking for something to slow me down, because I was going very fast. And it was just a very fast paced environment. So in the sea of mortgage bankers, if you can picture like the stockroom trading floor, that, that kind of energy, here I am kind of zened out at my desk with this water boiler and and, and drinking tea, and then people would come by me and say, "You know, hey, can I buy some of this from you?" I said, "Sure, no problem." And that's kind of how this idea started. <laughs> and uh, I started the business as a hobby, and then it started to slowly grow. And here I am, ten years later, and I've done some consulting for some big companies, and now that mortgage company is my largest client. And the biggest thing with me, what wow. they do is they have me come in and teach other people that when life comes at you fast again, we must slow down. And I'm not asking for an entire day how about two minutes? So I created something that allows people to stop and kind of be zen out for a second and then get back to work and do what you have to do. But taking that break during the day is very key. So that's kind of how this all got started. I never really anticipated what was going to happen or I just knew that I like tea. And the more I delved into it, you know, you'd mentioned before about tea gardens. Well, there are tea gardens. And I had an opportunity in 2013 to fly to Japan and visit 12 tea gardens over a four day time span. And I was in heaven. I mean, just learning so much about tea, just like wine is so complex. And there's just so much to it.
1: Zen tea traders. I mean, are, are you just a tea consultant around the world? Or so are you I have, actually dealing with blending and selling and making teas?
0: So a couple things. One, I have a brand, Zen tea traders. And what I do is I import teas from around the world. I work with farmers in Japan, Taiwan, India, and China. And I source teas and I sell to restaurants, coffee bars, hotels, and now corporations. I also have a website. It's zenteatraders.com, where I have a retail space where people can buy tea online and enjoy in their house. And then on top of that, I'm also a consultant. So companies will reach out to me and um, I've gone to different food shows and whatnot and helped companies out of India, Japan, different organizations with whatever it is that they're looking for in the tea industry in the United States. So that's kind of what I do in a nutshell.
1: Fantastic. There's, there's a lot of like, you know, everybody's like caffeine. There's like caffeine versus tea. You got to pick a side of the caffeination that you want to be on. And so a lot of like, I always drink tea in the summer, coffee in the winter, or vice versa. And we always, everybody wants the caffeine, but the health properties, they always say caffeine is good for, you know, stimulation, metabolism, all these things. But there's really so many health properties to teas. Can you talk about this? Because, I'm always between black tea and green tea, which one is better for you, which one has more properties. And if you're sourcing all these teas around the world, I'm assuming your wealth of tea knowledge is not just beyond making the tea, but the health properties and nutrition properties behind the tea has to be tremendous that I think most people aren't aware of.
0: Well, I am not an encyclopedia, my only punch today, I promise. But I will tell you that <laughs> I do know a lot. And for myself and in, in, in going and speaking with the farmers and I've done judging for different expos and whatnot, different iced tea championships and whatnot. Yes, there is such a thing. To answer <laughs> your question about about caffeine and tea, think of it this way. When was the last time you heard somebody say to you, I have really gotta kick this tea habit? Right? Never, yeah. Never. Never, you know, you never hear that. Right. And I tell people, listen, I don't want to take your coffee away from you. However, let me do this. Let me add a little bit of tea into your life and see how you feel. Why? Because tea is what I call clean burning energy. Let's take matcha, for example. Hmm. A lot of people, there's this whole matcha hype right now, matcha craze, right? Why? Because matcha is like a Red Bull with no crash, meaning that it brings you up and it levels you out. The two properties you're going to find in teas are caffeine and something called theanine. What is theanine? It's an amino acid. And what that amino acid does is it stimulates a part of our brain that puts us in a meditative state. So you have the the caffeine that takes you up and the theanine that levels you out. So therefore you have clean burning energy. And that is why Buddhist monks meditate on tea because Mm. it's more of a Zen effect where you can, like, if you're at the gym, you drink tea, it helps you focus on concentration of putting your mind to your muscle or whatever exercise you're doing. If you're... You know, you have a project you're working on with, you have a couple computer screens in front of you, whatever you're doing, it helps you enhance your focus and your energy so that you're not crashy. You're not jittery. It's again, clean burning energy. I want to go into what tea is exactly because a lot of people aren't really sure. So wait, can we, not very-
1: to cut you up, I just want to kind of finish full circle. Just yeah, please, I think from my own benefit. I get what you're saying. People have that. Oh my God. Oh my God. You're like all jacked up on caffeine and coffee for tea, you have that clarity, which I love as a a big tea fan. But this is a stupid question, I think, for a podcast. And maybe you guys can answer this for me is that matcha tea, I understand the properties is clean, is good for you, it's healthy. But all the matcha tea you see at Starbucks coffee bean across the board, there's so much sugar and stuff in this that they dump into these drinks. I think it almost defeats the purpose of drinking green tea that's healthy for you is that a misconception? That's correct. Way?
0: It's it's like coffee, right? You can go and drink a coffee, and it's not bad for you. But when you start putting all this stuff in it to to cover up the flavor because it's too strong, the sugar, the you know all this other these flavorings and whatnot, it defeats the purpose. So and, I'm not
1: a matcha tea fan because every time I've had matcha tea, there's so much stuff in it. It's not pure right? tea.
0: Exactly. There's many different grades of matcha. One of the things that you run into is, and I'll just give you a quick tip, is that you want to look for a deep, vibrant green color. If you see a yellowish hue and or a brown, it's going to be very bitter and it's a lower grade or lower quality. So you do have to put a lot of stuff in it to cover up the taste of it. It's going to be a little vegetal, grassy, delicately bitter, but it shouldn't punch you in the face where you're like, oh my God, this is like medicine. That is when you have a lower grade quality matcha.
1: Mm. Okay. And I know you have, a. Interesting. You, I know you want to move. I know Michelle understands this way better than I do. I love this girl, but I know you want to go into another subject and I, I don't want to, you know, I want you to stay on the same trajectory on this conversation, but you've talked about the colors of green, yellow, and everything's usually bad tea leaves. Like there's a lot of tea places. You'll know, pick out which leaves you want and which tea you want. You smell it, you look at it. That's much better than buying tea tea bags at a store, correct? Fresh, organic, is always better in vegetables and fruits. Does that same will apply to tea?
0: Yeah, because the, this, the the tea bag form that you're seeing, or as I like to say, tea sachet, they, they actually, certain bags use a chemical that is, you'll find it in the bag. So then you want to make sure you're drinking clean tea. And and the lower grade teas are generally reserved for for tea bags.
1: Ah, and There's the tea screeners. The little tea strainer funnel thingies. Right.
0: And those are great because you can you can have a full leaf experience. The whole thing that happened with the tea bags was a mistake anyways. It was an accident. There was a a trader, I believe, in the 1920s. And what, what happened was he wanted to display his best teas. So what he did was he put it into a silk pouch and sent it out to some of his clients. Client got it, opened it, didn't take the tea out of the silk pouch, thought, oh, this is a great idea. Dropped it right in the water. And there you go. The tea bag was born. Wow. Wasn't meant to be. It just kind of happened.
2: Ah, interesting. Yeah. Now I have a question because I loved also drinking yerba mate tea, and I have a metal bombilla, and I'll, every mm-hmm. once in a while I'll pull that out somewhere, and everyone's like, "What is okay, that?" Okay, Michelle, you got to explain what that is. We're on a podcast, <laughs> I it's know. not a TV show. You got to explain that. Well, it's it's a metal straw that you use to drink yerba mate tea. It's it's like a South American kind of thing where they would hollow out stalks and twigs, and they, so you could put the loose leaves into the drink and it would sort of filter it for you. So is that correct how I'm understanding it, Anthony?
0: Yeah, the simplest way to say is if you picture a metal straw and at the end of the metal straw, it's got a little enclosure with some little holes in it. And what that does is that filters out the leaves because inside the gourd that they've carved out, they line the bottom of the gourd with the yerba mate, which is a leaf, and it's full. And so therefore you have the straw with the strainer already in it. And you don't drink it boiling. And what'll happen is you'll, you'll drink it, you'll, you'll use really hot water, but it's not boiling because you're drinking through a metal straw. And the tradition is you're in a circle and you're at the beach and you just pass it around to all your friends and everybody enjoys it. And it's kind of a tradition and you'll see people with, you know, water all day long, just filling that thing up and drinking over and over and over. That is not just so you know, that is not a tea. That is what we call either a tisane or tisane or an herbal because it does not come from a tea plant.
2: Wow. Well, I'll tell you, it gives me a great caffeine boost whenever I do it. I don't know. It's one of my favorites. So here's a question for you. I love it. And I can tell the difference when I take my tea and I either strain it or I I make it some other way versus using the Bombia. What unique tea experiences are there that kind of make this a more enjoyable process for people? Because I think as North Americans, we're stuck on a The same kind of cycle with our beverages and how we view tea versus the most prominent, obvious coffee drinks. What are these little things that might help appreciate the experience of tea more that maybe we just haven't explored?
0: You know, I've been to a lot of uh, tea shows and coffee shows and whatnot all over the place. And one of the things that I noticed is that to to sum it up, tea is an art, in my mind, not a science. And it can be drink however you want to drink it. In Morocco, they have a specific way. In China, they have a specific way. In Europe, they do it a certain way. So everybody does it differently. And again, I tell people, look, if you want to live life on the edge and steep your tea an extra 30 seconds, go right ahead. That's up to you. That is what your taste buds are telling you. There's these basic ways of drinking it. And then you know you can look at if you really want to go down that rabbit hole and have fun, then type in Chinese Gongfu Fu tea ceremony or Japanese tea ceremony. Or what you can do is get yourself a coffee press, throw your tea in there, full leaf, and push it down and plunge it and just leave it there. And there you go. Two minutes later, mm. you have tea and it's really simple. It doesn't have to be you know, a scientific process. A lot of people say to me, you know, I just don't have that much time. So what I do is I try and give people the Cliff Notes version of how to have good tea and also how to incorporate meditation into your day with tea. And slowing everything down because people will tell me all the time, I don't have time for it. I'm like, you can't tell me you don't have a minute and a half to two minutes.
1: Right. Well, and it's, right. like, it's like the French press. You just put the uh, the coffee and it's like the same thing yeah. for tea. Easy breezy. Mm-hmm. Okay, so my whole tea thing is Alice in Wonderland jumped down the rabbit hole because it's always tea time. It's always five o'clock somewhere. We're talking about tea times. so But I, so I think tea has been such a huge... It is a commercial product. Everybody knows about tea. And I just think we just sometimes don't understand. There's also caffeine in tea, like other substances, a healthier, more sustainable product. And so, Anthony, we kind of derailed. <laughs> you're going into a conversation. And I think we <laughs> took you off into our own tea garden. Let's go back to your tea garden. Don't let you have a chance, because I know you're trying to get a point out that we cut you off on.
0: Oh, not a problem. So think of it this way. And I'm just going to give you like a one-minute T101, okay? Picture an apple. You bite into an apple, you leave the apple out for five minutes. What happens to the apple? What color does it turn? Brown. There you go. That's black tea. So, how do you compare the two? What happens is when air hits the apple, it starts to oxidize. Picture a shrub in your garden, okay, or outside, about three feet high. That's the plucking table. Now, if they let the the shrub grow, you know, 10, 20 feet tall, it'll go that high, but who wants to get on a ladder and pick down tea leaves? That high. They keep it down at about three feet tall. Okay? They pick the leaves off of the tea plant. The minute those leaves are plucked, they start to oxidize just like the apple. So how do they stop the process? They put heat on it. So for example, let's take a Japanese green tea. In Japan, the leaf is picked, it's flash steamed immediately. What that does is that halts the oxidation process. So therefore, you have a green tea. If they left that tea out for several hours or all day, you'd have a black tea. So White tea, green tea, oolong tea, yellow tea, black tea, pu'er tea, all come from one plant. The name of that shrubber plant is called Camellia sinensis. That is the tea plant. Think of an apple. And there you go. There you have your tea.
1: There's so many different kinds. Like there's this great cherry blossom, Japanese cherry blossom tea. I used to get it coffee bean all the time. And then there's a great little, now that some stores are opening again, this little tea place that shut down in Beverly Hills but there's a whole tea place here in LA actually down near the grove for everybody who's in LA listening and it's all loose teas right there's so many are some of these other teas and I mean there's a basic of this is what your tea is are they hybrids are they mixed with other plants to give it the flavor the smell or are they just that many millions of different kind of well
0: there's actually there's actually two things I left out Let's take chamomile and mint for example. Those are not teas. Why? Because they don't come from Camellia sinensis, the tea plant. Therefore, they're herbals and/or if you have a, you know, a bunch of fruit in uh, rooibos, which is a South African red bush, that is not a tea either. It's a tisane or a tisane. So you've got three categories: the tea leaf, which is Camellia sinensis, and/or herbals and/or tisanes or tisanes. So if they're not in the tea category, they're going to have different properties. And what a lot of times people will do is they'll take a Japanese green tea and they'll put different types of botanicals in there to give it a certain flavor. Black tea, let's take an Earl Grey, which is a black tea that has some oil of bergamot that gives it a citrus note. And sometimes like one of the ones that we have has Tahitian vanilla in it. There's many different things you can do to it to give it that flavor because why? If you go to certain countries, look, like let's say in Japan, the flavored teas are not popular. People are purists. They like the greens. They like the, you'll find a black tea in Japan, but they don't do the flavors. Here in the Mm -hmm. States, we're, you know, we're we're heavily sugared down and there's a lot of flavoring in our food. So much is that we cover up the flavor of the food. I have a lot of times people will say to me, Anthony, I can't taste this black tea. It doesn't, it needs something in it. And I say to them, listen, do me a favor. Let your taste buds catch up. Mm -hmm. Drink this a couple different times by itself. And learn to appreciate the subtle undertones. Are you picking up notes of honey, notes of cream, notes of bourbon? Those aren't necessarily in the tea. However, those are the notes you can pick up, just like in wine or coffee or other things. When you start to calibrate your taste buds, that is what happens. and You start to step up your tea game.
2: Wow. And you mentioned also that interesting point about tea being oxidized, right? And we're hearing a lot of things about alkaline, alkaline water and alkaline foods, What benefits do some of the teas bring maybe to that? Something that we're already familiar in how we want to cut down acidity in our bodies.
0: Well, because all tea comes from the same plant, they all have different benefits. It just depends on, I tell everybody, if you're, because people come to me all the time and say, oh, well, what's this do? What's that do? And I say, listen, do me a favor. If you're not going to drink it all the time, then don't worry about the benefits of it just find a tea that you really love and stick to that tea and you'll notice benefits from it tea flushes fat it's great for focus all these different things are in it and they say that tea is more alkaline and it just depends on your entire diet i wouldn't just put it all you know put it all into one thing say so is is it, it, it,
1: so there's a lot sure. of it's always commercialized Drink tea, lose weight, drink tea, better skin. I mean, it's obviously nutrition, sustainability. Exactly. Health wellness is all about everything. But so a lot of these properties people talk about, it's so obviously you just can't drink tea. and look like a supermodel tomorrow. But at the same time, it's not so commercialized. These are properties that do help clear skin, flush out toxins and everything. It correct? started
0: off as a medicine 5,000 years ago. That was well, That's how it started. So there definitely are healing properties to it. I try and, and you know, it, on all of my products, I don't talk about the health benefits of it. My goal is to get people drinking tea and then they'll see a difference instead of just attacking it and saying, I want to lose 50 pounds or I want to lose 20 pounds. I'm going to start drinking tea. And the thing is, is that a lot of times what happens is people start to do that and then they fall off and then they blame the product for not doing it when it's a lifestyle change. It's
2: very American <laughs> commercialism. We want to put, hey, we want five yeah, minutes. That's right. Well, I'll tell you since, since pandemic, I've re-explored teas. I think as a lot of people have. And early on in March, I I don't know, I restarted all of Downton Abbey and it turned me to the black teas and I got, I discovered Lady Grey because I love Earl Grey and I discovered Lady Grey. I pulled out my porcelain pots. I started this thing and it was such a fabulous experience to watch any of my favorite British dramas with this black tea. It just well-rounded the whole experience, right? I was feeling a little less sorry for myself back in cold rainy March but it is such a fascinating product that we were saying before the podcast just seems very underappreciated in a lot of the North American areas especially whereas the rest of the world values these teas not just for medicinal but just culture and and you know life elements and it's so celebrated so we love you putting this back on our radar today
0: Way back when we were a tea drinking nation until the whole Boston tea party thing happened and then we, just, we got away from it and it became so expensive that, you know, only royalty was able to drink it. And so what's now happened is that the, the prices have gone down, you know, quite substantially and you can now enjoy the same cup of tea that royalty was enjoying way back when, because these tea plants are extremely old, thousands of years old and some of these plants. And so one of the things you can do that's different with tea that you can't do with other beverages is that you can re-steep a tea many times over. I've had teas where when I say re-steep, let's say, for example, you do two teaspoons of full-leaf tea into a cup, okay? Once you're done decanting or pouring that water off, you can use that same leaf, in some instances, upwards of four, five, six times. And the second and third infusion might yield a better flavor than the first infusion. Why? Because the leaf is just starting to wake up is where you can't do that with other beverages. So, you know, you might pay, let's say, $20 for two ounces of a really high-grade rare tea. However, that $20 might yield you about 50 cups of tea. So now you take the, your Starbucks price or some other large company's price, what is it, $3 a cup, multiplies that times 50, you pay $20 for something that costs 150 bucks.
1: Yeah. So so what is, wow. it, is there any statistics out there? Anthony, of the amount of caffeine in tea versus coffee. Because everybody says, oh, I just had so much coffee. They're all jittery. They can't sleep. Tea does have caffeine. So it does.
0: Yep. And it's generally, less, it's generally less than coffee if you think about the amount of beans that are ground. So going. It's less.
1: So the caffeine, the amount of caffeine, I don't know if it's grams or milligrams or whatever, the amount of caffeine in tea is much less than in coffee. It just gives you the same kind of clean a cleaner focus, correct?
0: Well, and the difference is this, is that that theanine will balance you out. So this is one of the big misconceptions is that tea itself, people will say to me, oh, well, I heard that a green tea has less caffeine than a black tea. It doesn't necessarily mean that. It all starts in the leaf. It's whatever the leaf is producing that's going to give you that difference. But you're not going to notice the difference in generally most cases, depending upon your body type, you're not going to notice the difference because again, that clean burning energy. It's different. You're not going to feel amped up where, you know, you're up for three days, is where if you throw down a couple of espressos, you're feeling it. You're sweating, you know, all these different It puts your body into a state of shock versus drinking a tea that's, that's a slow, clean, burning energy.
1: So they always say, uh, people "For say, oh, I can't have tea at like four or five o'clock. I won't go to sleep. I'll be all jittery and hyper. Tea doesn't have that effect. Caffeine does in coffee, but tea shouldn't have that same effect. And that's.
0: Right. And, and a lot of that goes back to, when you steep a tea, generally speaking, the lower color teas, less color, so you know the greens and the whites are very delicately processed. They're going to require less time and temperature than that of a black tea. What does that mean? If you take like right now, I'm drinking a Japanese green tea. If I put boiling water on this, it's going to be highly bitter. It's going to be, you know, because it's very tannic and it's it's going to be, it's going to punch me in the face. So, that can lead to heavier caffeine and give you more of, a, of an up so that mm. you might not want that. But everybody, again, everybody's taste buds are different, so it just depends on what your, what your taste buds yeah. are telling you.
1: Interesting. So I have a lot of friends who have traveled. I've traveled down to South Central America so many times, and we'd always bring back cocoa mate tea because I know the alkaline properties everything. You get it down there for altitude sickness. There's like 29 different alkaline properties digestive health skin. It's like you said, it was used as a mesinidil property down there. You can't get it here in the United States, but you can. But it's a different form of cocoa mate tea without the cocoa leaf in it. it. Can you talk about the difference of cocoa mate to the other teas we have? Because I have tons of cocoa mate I brought back from Colombia, And I know you can't get it here. Now, friends, you're always coming over drinking tea. But, you know, there is obviously the history of mate tea. It has all these alkaline properties. It's healthy for you. It's just, unfortunately, the drug trade realized, oh, out of those 29 properties, if you make it the right way, at least eight of the properties turns into the drug cocaine. So I know people, they don't bring it here to the States, but there's so many health benefits to mate tea because people in Peru, they give it to you the whole way for altitude sickness and climbers. So it's all over the place, breaking them Mount Everest, the big places where you're getting to the altitude. Is there anything you could talk to you about that? Is there any difference between that and the greens and teas we have here? Or is this really an educational matter of how good it is for you and what parts of it are good for you and why?
0: Yeah, because I, I haven't been able to experience it here in the States, or at all for that matter, I don't know much about the cocomate. I've heard about it, and ironically, I'm going to Colombia in probably, let's see, October 30th. So now that you brought it up, I will go there, and I will report back and let you know my findings, and I will let you know the differences that I feel in between cocomate and ah.
1: Okay, so that's another We're conversation asking. offline, off recording, because I was in Colombia. So I want to talk to you about that. I'll give you Let's some great places to <laughs> go. So i um, mean, I had to put an order in for more cocoa mate from you. <laughs> this is tremendous. We're running out of time here, Anthony. I'm so excited you came on the show today. You have a retail storefront. Where can people go to purchase all the teas you're bringing back and selling? Sure.
0: Thank you so much for that. You can go to That's zentea, like tea that you drink, and traders with an S.com. That's my website. And feel free to drop me an email if you have any tea questions, if I can help you along the way along your tea journey. And if you want something simple or you want a gift for somebody, I can help you out there. Just email me directly. And my email, and I give it out all the time, is Anthony at Zen ttraders.com. Really simple. You can also find me on social media. I'm on Instagram a lot, just posting things and doing Q&A sessions and whatnot. And again, that's just everything is at Zen Tea Traders. If you want to check out some of the videos I've done, I've done a couple of different TV spots and whatnot over the years. And everything is on YouTube. Again, everything is at Zen T Traders.
1: Nice. Michelle, and we're going to be going on Zen T Traders to get more tea absolutely it's funny when the interest
2: of topic of tea is mentioned you think that you're not that interested in it and as soon as someone starts reminding you about all of the variety it really makes you crave it and so yeah i'm thinking about all of the teas i have that i haven't been appreciating to the fullest so thank you so much for sharing these insights with us
0: yeah you're welcome there's there's so many different ways to drink it prepare it there's so many thousands and hundreds of thousands of different teas from all over the world and so much to explore and that's the great thing about it is it, it's a lifelong journey. I mean, I, I know people that have been doing it for many, many years, and they still claim to know nothing. I mean, and these people are like, would be compared to like a wine, you know, senior wine sommelier or something, uh, an expert wine sommelier. And these people are still saying, "Why? Well, I, I just know the basics. And that's kind of funny how it's, how it's played down in the industry. Mm-hmm.
1: This is all amazing. It's so helpful. We definitely will have you back. We get back from Columbia, Anthony, to talk more about tea. For right now, I want to thank everybody for joining in. Anthony, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us today. I want to thank Michelle Koshman, my co-host. This is Sarah Miller, CEO of Access Entertainment, and host of Media Maven's podcast. Looking forward to seeing everybody next Wednesday at five o'clock.
0: Thank you for joining us for this edition of the Media Maven's podcast. If you don't want to miss an episode or you want to find past episodes, subscribe to the Media Mavens podcast on your favorite podcast provider. For more information, go to MediaMavensPodcast.com.
2: This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit C-SuiteRadio.com.